I'm spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Welcome to a new spin on autism. Answers with host and international speaker and performer, Lynette Louise. Besides working on her doctorate in psychophysiology, Lynette has raised eight children, six adopted, and four of them falling somewhere on the autism spectrum. Laugh with her, cry with her, as she talks to both experts and parents and takes you through the often confusing, sometimes frustrating, sometimes overwhelming, but always fascinating world of autism. Hello and welcome. This is the new spin on Autism Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad. And today we are changing it up, changing it up, changing it up. I like to change it up because change is great for the brain. Variety is great for the brain, even if you are OCD or autistic. It's better to change it up because otherwise you will not stretch, stretch, stretch yourself. In fact, when you don't change it up, since the brain is always either growing bigger or smaller, you will make your world smaller, 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 smaller until you are imprisoned and will not leave your room. So change it up, okay? All right, so, um, you know, that's not, uh, I'm not seeing your future, but it is possible. Okay, so uh, today's a really exciting day because, as they all are, because I decided to do away with the main guest and go straight to the great guest giveaway, the okay, 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 great guest giveaway, because she was so great. And I want to give her more time. Uh, to set that up, I want to tell you a couple of things. And don't forget, stay to the very end of the show where we will have stories from the road. A little segment that I invented just so I can make sure that I have something to say on every single show. Uh, anyways, and also to keep you to the end because stories are fun. Um, I tend to teach with analogies anyway, so I might as well take advantage of it and turn it into something, right, guys? Uh, I I don't know if I've told you this, but um, way back when I was trying to figure out my guys, all my adopted kids and all their little disorders, and um, my one son was always the enigma, the the problem I couldn't solve, and uh, until I realized he wasn't a problem, uh, it was just fun to solve things. Anyway, so uh, Dar who is the oldest of the boys and was the most afflicted and has had the most horrendous uh, life story, was um, always dealing with certain issues like dry, cracking lips, for example. His lips would be so dry and they would crack, crack, crack and bleed. And I'd be hydrating him and hydrating him, probably, you know, ready to drown in his own fluids. I was giving him so much water. And he, in fact, he would, he would spontaneously vomit most of it back at me. So he had these dry lips. He, he was constantly moving. He could, you know, he'd, he'd look anxious. His eyes, his pupils would, would constrict so that they were just like pinpoints. And then he'd be panting and breathing really fast. And his hands would sweat, 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 sweat the palm of his hands. And I was always asking doctors, okay, here's his list of symptoms. What do you think it is? And they'd look at this crazy, quote-unquote, retarded, autistic boy and roll their eyes and say, well, he's not really going to change. And it wasn't until many years later that I realized they were doing a cost-benefit ratio assessment and deciding he wasn't worth it. If I'd have known that, I might have gone postal, fortunately. I didn't catch on right away. So... Um, I'm, I decided long time ago to take matters into my own hands and try to figure out what was, you know, bothering my kiddos and how to help them. And there were just so many. I knew we were a unique story. And I didn't really compare to other people for that very reason. So I was able to be much more original and uh, out of the box. And I did many things that bothered many people, like uh, tie my children together with a scarf on their way to school so they could walk to school together. Um, nowadays, people do that at daycare. They have everyone holding on to a rope. But I was the originator, originator with, with the, the long woolly scarf tied child to child to child so that the most disabled didn't run into the street on the way to school. And this was as a result of a lot of fighting with the school system and saying, no, if you're going to give a bus to the more disabled ones, you're giving a bus to them all. It's either too cold to walk that far or it isn't. I don't want you giving the message all the time that the, this particular child is different and can't do it. And that's how I parented. I was always 
trying to make it equal and fair and and treat to the ability, not the disability, teach to the ability, not the disability, love to the ability, not the disability. Okay, so here's my son, and he's got all these symptoms, and I'm taking these, the symptom list to the doctors, and everybody's just rolling their eyes and saying, here, give them some medicine, and of course, I'm going, no, I want to get at the core. What's going on? What's going on? So I'm looking through all these old books and, and very old medical books because I had moved into a home where they had all this really old material and hadn't thrown it out, and I didn't have any furniture, so I kept everything they left, which was just a big pile of dusty books and a lot of old homegrown clothes that the woman had sewn, and they were very ugly, but, you know, you have to start somewhere. So um, I'm going through this medical book, again, with my son's symptoms in mind. And the reason I mention how old it is is because I had a eureka moment, and I found the answer. And I never found it again because that disability disappeared from the medical journals. I wish I wrote down the name. I know it starts with a D. I don't know what it is. I'm sorry that I can't share that with you, but I can tell you that the solution was oils. So they listed all the symptoms, and very often when I would see a symptom list, I'd see most of the symptoms, but not a complete and total, totally accurate description of my son. In this case, it was totally complete. And I went, oh, my gosh, that's, that's it. That's what he's got. And I looked at you know, the constipation, all the different things. Now, the constipation also needed magnesium, but everything else was strictly because he was having a problem in his brain with inflammation and oils. It was sort of a Lorenzo oil moment. You know, I'm, oh, my gosh, look at this. It, they've already discovered it. Why didn't anyone tell me? Well, they didn't tell me because the way that the medical field works is they're always revamping and changing and studying and, you know, they subtract from the list and they add to the list. And sometimes you lose in that process. In life, sometimes you lose in that process. It's not unique to the medical field. In this case, nobody had heard of it because it didn't exist anymore as far as they were concerned. Well, it existed in my son. I ran out, like literally ran out the door. I went to the nearest pharmacy. They didn't care about the quality or anything. I just wanted to get him started. And I bought, like, the hugest amount of uh, fish oil that I could get my hands on. Well, that's, you know, since then, and it worked immediately, by the way. So... Every time I would run out of oils, regardless of whether I was using flax oil or fish oil, or, you know, I've gone through many, many um, sort of variations on this theme since then. But w- no matter what oil it is that I'm giving him, if it's, if it's in the omegas, it's, he, his lips stop cracking. And then I see the other symptoms in his skin and his hands. But the main one that always triggers me is if I see his lips are dry, I know that he's been anxious for quite a while and nobody's been giving him his oils. I've been away or I've forgotten or we've run out thinking he's healed and we don't need to and sure enough it comes back. So oils have played a big part in our life. They also keep his inflammation down. And, um, and at the end I'm going to tell you about a couple of kids that I've worked with where oils have played a big part. But that's the reason I was so interested in talking to somebody about omegas. So without further ado, let's get to it. Let's talk to somebody about omegas. Okay, okay, okay. It's time for the great guest giveaway. And today's great guest is Cheryl Millett. She has a degree in holistic nutrition, a diploma in iridology. And if I say any of these wrong, it's because I'm Canadian. You have to forgive me. And if all the Canadians say I say it wrong, it's because I'm living in America. You have to forgive me. She has a specialty interest in digestion uh, and for over 19 years worked in Canada's largest grocery retailers. Uh, she has depth of experience in the food processing area. Mainly what we're here to talk about, though, is the fact that she practices nutrition and health consulting. She has a belief in raw foods, omegas, enzymes, and minerals. And I grabbed her because I really haven't done a show where we go deeply into omegas, and she has some stuff to tell us about that. And I'd really, I really think it's uh, time well spent on our part. Uh, an important bit of information to be shared. And then in addition, just before she called in today, I was looking at her Facebook page because I like to see, you know, what the person's up to that day or or the day before. And she has this uh, little picture of a celery and um, some dirt, and it's 
growing into celery root, and she mentions that she's got a rooftop garden and that she is, again, growing a, a celery plant out of just a, you know the end of a stalk after having eaten the rest of it and stuck it in some dirt. And I thought that would be a fun place to start. So, Cheryl, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay, so we will get into the omegas, but I just adore the fact that that you have a rooftop garden and that you do it with such simplicity. So can you enlighten us on a couple of, just a couple of quick tips that come to mind for things that are easy to grow that people don't get to say, yeah, but I don't have any land. Yes. Well, you know, whether it's, a, it's on the rooftop or it's a, it's a deck on this, you know, a deck on that, it's it's south, or maybe it's just... Uh, east or west side you're going to get you're going to get enough sun to to grow things like kale uh, and you know peas and for the most part it's not going to be sufficient enough to to feed you uh, over the time but the fun that that you get from digging you getting the carrots out and and having grown up in in the country and and had various different sizes of gardens it you know, there's certain aspects that are familiar to me just the way you take the tomato off the bush that my you know my husband had no clue he's like tugging it off and and so just bringing the kids out there and seeing the peas i mean there's not much peas that grow on one pea shoot and I, I sprouted my pea shoots, and, and this time I thought, oh, I'm just going to take some of them out and put them in some dirt. And they grew into a, a lovely pea plant. So you don't get enough out of it to feed you, but you, you do get the pleasure and the joy of, of trying. So I'd say peas. I would say some kale. Uh, tomatoes seems to be a favorite of most. So the cherry tomatoes you can just pick off and eat. Those kind of things are probably uh, a good start that you can do in, in the larger pots. And there's certain sacks that they have out there that are a cloth, and they they hold them they you know they hold the moisture well in. And, and what we chose to do is actually put some uh, some two by ones down so that the pots weren't directly on the wood surface of the uh, the deck. And therefore, uh, you don't get the rotting wood scenario. So it's just these subtle things I'm mentioning that kind of help. And, and you will when they're in pots. And my husband didn't quite believe me, but when they're in pots, you need to water them sometimes twice a day. Oh, that was that's a bit of information I would have known. What about does it? Can it be inside? Like for example, I have. Um over my kitchen sink, sort of a, I can't even remember what they, I like a little greenhouse that you can look through, so it's embedded in, in glass all around and sort of sticks out almost like a bay window. Mm-hmm. Um, could I, what could I grow in there that's not actually exposed to outside but getting loads of sunlight? Well, I think a lot of those things, uh, not seeing the size of it, is good for the herby things. You know, it's in the kitchen, it's easy to, to pick them off, and they're fairly hardy if they're inside. Uh, those ones, sprouts, you don't even need the greenhouse. You just need a, a sufficient amount of light. And here in Canada, we don't get the same amount of light as, as, as in the southern, but it's enough. I can grow pea shoots and sunflowers and things like that. So those are the things, I think, inside. But there's surely, if you have a lovely sunroom, you can do different things like tomatoes. They may not be quite the same. Again, they're potted. Uh, you'll you'll soon learn what the seeds you know what the seeds are doing what the fruit and stuff is doing but sometimes well my favorite thing you said was you know you just took the pea and stuck it in or or the celery root I love um, we do it with onions we do it with you know I like the idea of just sort of experimenting that way it gives the kids a feeling that things were alive when they were eating them which is something to actually. Yeah, thought about you know because it's not you you see um, a piece of celery and you're eating it you never think it could then grow. It's it's and I don't know how long they're going to grow like how tall they're going to grow, but you know I mean when I made my soup this morning with my my sister's garden stuff, she you know I just took off the tips because the greens are perfect in 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 soups. So I have a second one a celery growing. Uh, as well uh, beside it and, and just in a matter of days that you can see the little green coming out of the center and what it seems like is is the the celery uh, bottom that you put in just seems to decompose right into the earth and this would be the this would be the second year I did it. last year I did it but 
I think it just wasn't right condition, so after a while it just went. But for a few weeks there it was doing what it was doing, and this time I'm just making sure it has enough water. Uh, it looks like it's all decomposing now. Probably, I, might, I may very well have another base that I can use again. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, it's cool for a couple of reasons. Even if you can't, you know, sort of feed your family from these little gardens, one of the things that you can do besides what I mentioned about get that sense of it's alive and what you mentioned about, you know, sort of get familiar with how you work with plants, which mm-hmm. is kind of missing now. Um, there's also the knowing the difference in the flavor. There's just nothing like tomatoes you grew yourself that are warm from the sun and then you cut up and you put on a piece of really fresh bread and you know it's just not like it is when you buy it in the store it's just not oh it's not just this this morning when i was making my soup and i'm looking over the veggies and i i'll post those pictures tomorrow i'm looking over the veggies and i'm going they're not perfect uh, there's these imperfections that i'm taking out with uh you know the paring knife the carrots they've i've only had them at not even a day and a half and they're they're actually slightly limp already. And you think about, so there's a few factors. The amount of dirt that I had to wash off of them, uh, the imperfections that you just wouldn't get that really in a, in a store, and the fact that the carrots were starting to go limp. And even then I had, I still had the tops on and I had them in a plastic bag in the fridge. Uh, there was still a bit of limpness there. And I thought just those three things, you know, what are they doing yeah. with, with the food before it goes into the grocery store? Right. And that sort of leads us to, in a sense, I'm going to try and make a segue here <laughs> over into yeah. omegas, um, because really quality is what we're talking about here. There's an, an awful lot of information out in the world about you should get your your oils and, and the differences in the different oils and the fats. And, um, you know, it, it's confusing. Yes. Not only that, but sourcing it. You know, where should it come from? And so I really like the idea of maybe getting somebody to speak simply on omegas. So let's flip over to that and talk a little bit about your experience with omega oil. Yes. Well, I've had five years of working with it, uh, taking it, uh, seeing what it's doing for others, did some field research with it. It's It's quite an area that... If I talk to healthcare practitioners, a lot of what I've learned, and now we've been working with the University of Toronto in the last year just for a, a research study, and they've come out and done some some presentations in a conference environment on it. It, the, the, it is really, as I'm out and about, and I have done a bit of, uh, you know, just some studies out there, or just sort of like the questions out there, just to, to see what people are, are, what they know and what they're thinking. And really, at the end of the day, a majority of people do not know what omegas are. Um, they don't, whether it's a healthcare practitioner, a naturopathic doctor, uh, the average person, personal trainers, when I just did a, a large fitness show and talked there, they understand the word omega. A lot of people go, yes, I've heard omega. I've seen it on Dr. Oz. Uh, my doctor recommends it. And some people might be to the next level where they go, yes, it's good for your heart, right? Your brain, right? And and then some know a little bit more than that. They they pride themselves on knowing, well, there's krill, and then there's plant, and then there's fish, and they know a bit of different sources. But generally speaking, I find that most people don't, um, you know, there's an, a still lack of education in this area. All right, so educate us. What are omegas? Yeah, what are omegas? Well, first of all, the omega, the omega word itself is just a chemistry, and we have to take people back to biology and chemistry here. Omega is the end, right? Alpha is the beginning, but omega is the end. So at the end of this particular molecule, um, some positioning in from the end, be it if it's the third a carbon molecule, uh, if there's a double bond there, then it becomes omega-3. And if it becomes the sixth, the first double bond is at the sixth carbon molecule, then it's actually omega-6 and so forth, it's at the seventh. It doesn't mean that there's no more double bonds and there can be plenty after that. Uh, but what happens is uh, these uh, omegas, uh, or typically what you would call them, is essential fatty acids. They're a fatty acid that becomes uh, valuable in the body, and we can go by other names that they know of in fish or plant, ALA, DHA, EPA, 
And these are very good for brain, very good for immune function, very good for, yes, cardiovascular, um, but they are so important at a cellular level. So if we're a bunch okay, of... Okay, I'm going to stop you for a second. I, I've been actually get, composing a post. Okay. Everybody uses the term at a cellular level. It's become like a buzzword that people use to make it sound scientific. I swear I read it and see it uh-huh. every time somebody's trying to advertise something. So what do you mean by that? Yes, at a cellular level. Well, if a cell, and again, bringing back biology, has a wall, so what we hear, what we hear about is particularly the cell wall, and this this cell wall is is similar to a house wall. Let's let's picture that. Uh, there's doors and windows, and then there's a solid part of the structure. The cell wall is primarily made up of fatty acids, some uh, saturated, uh, some of the essential fatty acids, uh, cholesterols even there, and there's a bit of protein, and, and there's different others com- others components there. Vitamin D is attached to it, and so forth. Well, this cell wall uh, likened to a uh, uh, could be a, a bubble around a city in, in, in actual fact. Within the city, there's a number of things that are doing things, manufacturing things, and when they manufacture things, they have to get the raw material from outside of the bubble, bring it in, produce stuff, could be energy, could be other things that, uh, you know, proteins, complex proteins and so forth that actually then leave the cell, no different than a, uh, I don't know, a a leather manufacturer making coats and all of a sudden they have to ship them out somewhere. They can't, they don't use them within, uh, just within that, that bubble around a city. So the cell wall becomes uh, a valuable piece in the sense of it is determined from the central fatty acid, well, let's say omegas, uh, what comes in and out of the cell, what stays out of the cell, uh, what needs to stay in the cell. And the various let's say the manufacturing plant that I talked about, that also has a building structure, and that actually can be considered a wall as well that has doors and windows. You have to have the door to let in the goods and then, you know, whatever comes out. So even within the cell, we have the essential fatty acids playing a role in those membranes, the intercellular membranes. So these membranes don't stop there. They actually help with communication with this environment and other cells. Think of antenna, thinking of vibration and all of that. So they they have that role. They actually have a role in kicking in, um, uh, increasing the pH as in a more alkalinity state to create a healthy new cell. So they they have that ability uh, to to kick into that. I I won't describe it anymore from from a chemistry standpoint. So they have these four key functions uh, that are valuable. So whether you breathe in more oxygen, it's a matter of getting it in the cell. So the fact that you're hearing more about cellular, cellular, cellular uh, probably gets to, well, that out of all these years um, has a play in, in the way the body is you know, manufacturing energy, manufacturing enzymes, uh, and so forth. Not the only thing, because there there are other things happening within the body outside of the cells. But it becomes important important at a cellular level. Does that help? No, actually, it's really good, um, and it gives people something to think about when they read that. Because I think sometimes it's true, and sometimes it isn't. You know how advertising is. Yes. Yes. <laughs> people. Uh, will, yeah. There's. I mean, know. there's absolutely those things that can be out there. Uh, that are saying it works at a cellular level, and because they find it through through studies, they actually find it in the cell. Just because they give you that which they find in the cell doesn't mean it's going to find its way into the cell. So there are there are things to be able to um, to kind of have a better understanding of it to determine whether that that could be. And there's things that artificially get in that you don't want in. And, and how it can make that happen. Uh, you know, but, but a very basic thing of why you want the cell wall to be working is fluidity. Uh, if you have too much trans fats, too much saturated, first of all, by having the trans fatty acids there and not enough of the essential. So if the cell wall gets too many, let's say, trans fats, 
or too much saturated fats. The trans fats interfere with that the, 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 the raw materials or the oxygen getting into the cells. So that's where trans fats, or, uh, as they've come to research, are not good for you. They, they, they impair the function of the cell wall for things to come in and out. So it would be like having your house, but the doors are all locked shut and the windows are all locked shut and, and you can't get in. Maybe there's one, so you're getting a little bit, but it's not enough. So if oxygen is one of the Everybody will say yes. I mean, if you stop breathing, you know, things are going to happen to your cells. are going to die off, and you're going to die in a very short period of time. So if I use oxygen as an example, oxygen, not enough oxygen in the cells can absolutely mean less and less energy for sure. And Otto Warburg does some great, did some great research 100 years ago, and I still continuously find doctors, naturopaths, they, they, haven't, they haven't studied him. And I, and I think, wow, he's added such valuable information. If one-third less oxygen is coming into the cells, cancer can survive. So you want this oxygen environment. You want the cell wall integrity to be there. Too much saturated fats means you don't have enough fluidity and the cells need to be very fluid in the body. They need to be fluid to get here, get there, squish in here, move there, uh, blood cells, for example. So we need that fluidity. It's very, very valuable. You are listening to a new spin on Autism Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad. Today's question, oils. Why is my son running around with his heart racing and bleeding at the lips? And today, we're not even doing the regular guest and the great guest giveaway because our great guest giveaway is so great. So we are sticking with her and talking about oils. Welcome back to the great guest giveaway. So we need it. Um, it works at a cellular level. We're seeing uh, the problem with if you have the wrong fats filling up the cell wall. What is it that you're offering or what product is it that you found that will be useful? I mean, how do people take the information you're sharing now and shop? Well, that, that gets into when I do the presentations, I, I talk to people about the sources that are available, and I talk to them about what the differences are. Uh, because, yes, as, as much as we could be talking here about why they find them useful, you know, how they're useful for the brain, the immune system, and how they give you more energy, how they help with pain, and, and all of that. Oh, help with, I think you should give a little inflammation, pain, yeah. um, myelination. Just, let's just run off a couple, you know, otherwise they're going to say, great, so there's oils. <laughs> yeah, so there's oils. So what do they do? My goodness, they help with dental health, they help with eyesight. Yeah, they do help with energy, they help with mental clarity, they help prevent cancer, they help with, uh, yes, discomfort, any inflammation, and, and inflammation is part of every disease. So whether it's fibromyalgia, colitis, any of those discomforts, headaches, um, all of those, but including cancer and diabetes, so it's, it, it helps with blood sugar levels, it helps regulate the kidneys, which is related to blood pressure, um, it helps with maintaining weight, it helps with avoiding mental, you know, mental issues or prevention as you get older, it helps with um, joints. Joint. I love that you said it helps with uh, maintaining weight and that you said that inflammation is a part of every disease because inflammation is really just uh, a response of the body to go to where something is broken and begin a process that we've just sort of run amok with. But what about um, the helping with weight gain? Because I know a lot of people, actually moms, moms, I know a lot of moms that won't take oils because they're afraid they'll get fat. Yeah, and you know, when we when we do that to our body, we interfere with our hormonal, uh, we interfere with our nervous system, we interfere with the very energy that our body prefers outside of our nerves and our brain, you know, our nerves, brain being nerves, uh, outside of those two, which like glucose, all other cells would prefer fat. Uh, so fat has gotten a bad rap, but it's, it's, it's critical that we get the fat, because the fat... Uh, and specifically the essential fatty acid role, but 
hormonal balancing, I mean, with weight, around weight, as you talk about that, balancing weight, the essential fatty acids would actually help the body uh, detoxify. And if, if in cases around, you know, the middle or if for some reason, you know, a lot of the toxins come into our body are actually fat-soluble. They're found in fat, and are, they like to store it in our fat. If we're, if we're not eliminating them properly and getting them out of our body and we put deodorants on and we stop the processing of sweating and toxins come out with sweat, you know, we're constipated, uh, we don't have enough movement, we don't move our limp the same way. So all those toxins got to be put somewhere and they'll be stored in our fat cells. So what, what an omega do, making everything more fluid and, and more uh, communicating, actually allows for a better detoxification in the body, allows for more fluidity, and eventually the body can just clean, balance, and so things just, I mean, weight would just be part of that, you know, part oh, of Oh, and also that negative feedback loop, you know, that thing of um, I'm, I'm full of toxins and inflammation and so I don't want to get moving and because I'm not moving then I'm, you know, and then I'm grabbing, it's that whole that entire loop that you need to break into and if your joints aren't hurting and you're not in as much pain and you're feeling a little more energy and you know then you'll get up off the couch and then you'll be moving and you'll crave differently because your body's not asking you please i need some fat (laughs) yeah 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 the the entirety of it that it's a cascading effect that you can't even really get into it because we got to get to sources because i'm going to run out of time and we won't have told them anything yeah let's but the source because we could surely talk about that whole cleansing weight thing absolutely i mean if people are i mean just a last little comment on that before i go in sources is that so many people are under so much stress or they're doing all this cardio and they actually they actually kind of get their body into a place where that's all they want to do is carb craves carbs right and and so it's finding that balance back to using fat as a, a thing. But if we're in a lot of stress, oh yeah, yeah, sugar is what our body's looking for as an immediate fix. Um, so, but the sources. So it's just as easy to go. There's plant, there's fish, and there's mammal. And mammal, think of breast milk, uh, whale blubber. I mean, some of these there's there's still some in the eggs and venison and some of the land mammals, aquatic mammals, they're there. The central fatty acids are there. So we have three sources. What, we ha- what we've identified is the plant sources for essential fatty acids specifically are, are too short. They, ha- they have to be converted, and enough of them have to be converted. We don't need to convert. I've heard about 5% we need to convert absolutely uh, into the longer chain forms. But those conversions, you can think about it more for the higher function we were talking about. So... The conversion is not happening. If people are uh, diabetes or they have any digestive issues, and there's not one condition I have found and in my interaction with doctors all over the world where there's not a digestive dysfunction. So we need to be converting. When we don't convert or absorb, we are not getting, we are so lacking in the balance of omega-6 to omega-3. So I like to, to say that, if we're not converting, then the mammal is your next source. If you get fish, you might get a little bit of benefit from it or some benefit from it, some more than others. And the mammal is likened to breast milk. It is highly effective and absorbable, and it's something that our body likes, and it will just be put where it needs to be put and, and support where it needs to be supported. So the sources of fish are many, and of course they're getting into the small ones and stuff. The key difference between all of them, which I've seen, aside from the, the chains of molecules, or is the fact of the balance. This seems to be one of the critical things, that we require uh, a 1 omega-6, a healthy 1 omega-6, to a healthy one omega-3, being omega-6 helps with a dysfunctional immune system or helps to build a strong immune system, which is our fight against cancer and everything else, toxins and so forth. And omega-3 is the opposite of omega-6. It will, okay, the immune system has done its thing, whether it's an injury, an infection, or, or some toxins. And then the omega-3 comes in and slows it down, slows cell, you know, brings down cell division, uh, slows and brings down inflammation. So as you said, inflammation is not a bad thing. Thing, but our body has to be able to deal with it. So 
the balance of things and the sources out there are plant, you know, as people go to nuts, this will stop them from converting plant. Almonds are 2,000 omega-6 to 1 omega-3. That's high in omega-6. We have corn oil, like 67 omega-6 to 1 omega-3. These are all plant very high. Fish, on average, is 10 omega-6 to 1 omega-3. And then we have mammals. Now, mammals are uh, different. You have duck that's 50 omega-6 to 1 omega-3. You have venison, which is 3 omega-6 to 1 omega-3, much better balance. You have cows that are on, when they're just grass-fed only, they'll be 3 or 4 omega-6 to 1 omega-3. And then you'll have cows that are on corn, whether it's organic corn, a finishing corn at the end of being grass-fed, this will put the imbalance out of whack and they'll go up to like an 8 or a 10 omega-6 to 1 omega-3. So this imbalance is very valuable. And so how do you balance that out? I say nuts have to be in moderation. And if you're not eating nuts, don't think you have to eat nuts. Uh, Then, you know, the vegetables are extremely processed, and that's a whole other element on on, on the talk is they're highly processed. So we have to minimize um, our vegetable oils for sure. I mean, organic is much better. Uh, and then a bit of saturated, a bit of, you know, different ones like olive oils, and, you know, if you get them in your food, better. And then you have the fish, which you can totally not take, you can take out as being an omega source entirely, Uh, eat the fish for protein, and then, of course, you're looking at wild fish for that kind of thing. And then as far as the mammal goes, uh, if the mothers themselves are, are healthy and balanced, you know, if they got their tests done for the amount of omega-3 and the balance of omega-3, omega-6, uh, that's where they need to be, especially before they're wanting to conceive. So that is given to, uh, if it, given to the baby. And if they don't do something at that stage and they do something at, while they're pregnant, great, they can. And then when they're nursing, yes, they can. So from a mammal standpoint, the land mammals do not have the abundance of it from, from a, generally speaking, they don't have uh, the same amount of uh, quantity-wise. So the, the aquatic mammals, that uh, the sperm whale and the harp seal, uh, particularly the sperm whale and the whales, really don't have a sustainable market to them at all. So what we're left with is harp seal oil. Uh, and one of the things that people have to um, be reminded of or educated on is that cultures for hundreds of years have been consuming these aquatic mammals, the blubber, but fish oils not. Fish oils are a waste product of the fishing industry. They discovered, you know, fish is good, fish is good for heart, you know, it's good protein, it's so forth. Uh, but that is just a byproduct, as was cottonseed oil, a byproduct, a waste product of the cotton market 100 years ago. So I find through my research and through understanding if somebody really wanted to make an impact, yes, they're going to minimize all the unhealthy fats and get more of a balance in in all forms that they're going to get. And then they could consume a mammalian oil. Now, the thing about the mammalian oil is it absorbs because of its structure, it can absorb under the tongue. A fish will not do that. A fish you cannot absorb under the tongue. So now we're bringing sublingual. And when we bring sublingual into the picture, we effectively absorb it under our tongue within minutes and going in directly into our, our bloodstream, bypassing the digestive system. Mm-hmm. Which is very good. Okay, so is this a product that they could get or that you could share? You are the great guest giveaway. You have to give something away. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I do. You know, I love giving. I think giving is is the root of of, of everybody doing that, and then we're giving, giving, giving freely to each other. So I'd I'd love to give uh, a bottle of this to uh, I believe it's the first ten people. Um, Ooh, lovely, lovely. Um, and the way that you all get that is you put omega oil in the subject line, and you send me an email, mom number four evermore at Juno, J-U-N-O dot com. That's also how you send me notes and letters and suggestions, so please don't send it to the 
station. They nuke them. All right. So it's mom four number four evermore at Juno, not Gmail. Juno.com, and you put Omega in the subject line, and you'll get to try this awesome Omega oil. Um, and will there? And then I'll I'll contact you with anybody that uh, is interested. And so you got the first ten people. Okay, go guys. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think um, you know it's it's worth. I mean, I've never done this before, so I'm I'm excited uh, that um, I'm just being. It's just, it just feels so good to do that. Ten bottles. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever ever done that. Uh, you know, the the bottle size is is for about twenty days, and it, it does really give. Uh, it's a really a good. It's not a sample. You know, it's, a, it's an actual bottle product so yeah how exciting we we have really good results i mean when we think about it how i like to think about omegas or essential fatty acids for the body is they're global it's global for the body it it makes an impact on just about everything yep at a cellular level all right okay so that's so much information they're going to have to listen to it 20 times and take notes Um, we'll probably have you back again another time because clearly we have only scratched the surface uh, one thing we know is that it's a complicated world uh, when you're talking about the omegas. So please, please, please uh, pay a little attention. Go ahead, rewind, listen again. And if you get questions, is it all right if I pass questions to you? Yeah, ab- absolutely. I'm, I'm happy to share some of the field research, uh, the research, the field study and, and stuff like that. And uh, yes, yes, love questions. Well, do you have contact information you'd like to share with everybody so that they can go directly to you? Not for the giveaway, guys. You have to come through me on that. But um, would you like them to be able to come and check out a website or send you questions, or do you want that to come through me? Um, it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I mean, I mean, I think it's kind of nice that you're you you understand what kind of a, a response we get around. Around the talk, so if they, if they just send everything through to you, uh, you know some of the answers and so forth that may have, may may something you want you want answers to as well. So I I think if they just go all through you, uh, I mean Cheryl Millette, they they can always Google me and find find me on many different things. But uh, yeah, I I think I'm just as happy as they they can put them to you, and I'll I'll get them and, and I'll contact directly with them thereafter. Okay, perfect. And also, I'll hyperlink to Cheryl in case uh, you have trouble finding her. But can you spell your name for them in case they want to Google you? Okay, it's uh, Cheryl C H E R Y L, and Millette. It's M I's in India, double L E double T. Awesome. Omegas, omegas, omegas. Come on, guys, take advantage. Thank you for being here. We're way over time. I think I'm going to have to turn you into my main guest and just put something short in the front. Okay. <laughs> but uh, it was just so good. All right. Thank, thank you so you. much for sharing. Again, are you sure there isn't a website you want me to share? Uh, you can share it. The, the best website to go to would be uh, Omega-3s for you, and I'll spell that uh, www. Omega, O-M-E-G-A. The number three, the letter S, the number four, and then Y-O-U as in you, and it's .com. So omega3s4u.com. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you. Okay, she obviously has enough information to fill several <laughs> sets of encyclopedias, and we'll probably have to have her back. That was um Wonderful, and and leads me directly to stories from the road. Well, I I have like a mess of stories this time. Um, Not a single inspiring story, but a lot of little bits of evidence. And that's kind of the way science is, and that's the way the answers come. Um, For me, I don't know about you, but for me, and I hope that since you're listening to me, catch on a little of that. Cat, you sort of, I'm, I'm sort of, you know, like a virus getting in your system. Um, I look at what works, and I try to find the common element with what works. I don't look at what's broken as much as I look at what's not broken. And then I take what's not broken, I find what's common amongst everybody, and I try to gather that together. That's usually how I proceed in life, whether I'm looking at politics, whether I'm looking at how to pay my bills, whether I'm looking at um, mental health, physical health. I look at what works and build upon that religion, all of it. Okay, so with that in mind, 
Um, the reason that I am so certain that omegas will play a major role in your life is that in the many cases of children that I've worked with, they've come up and they've made a difference. Um, I'm going to tell you kind of a, a child, we'll start with a child who cannot take omegas, cannot take oils. So I have a child that I work with, and he's really wonderful. He's extremely apraxic, has a lot of difficulty with language, and has a lot of difficulty sharing his abilities with his family because they're very lost in in the fact that he's not speaking clearly and don't recognize easily, though that's changed a lot, <clears throat> that someone who's not speaking out of their mouth may be communicating in many different ways, and we just have to help them build an, a, sort of an array of, of ways to do that. So um, his biggest problem is that they're always worried he'll have a seizure. And what's interesting here is he's only ever had a seizure twice. So, and, you know, he's 14 years old, and so his, in his whole life he's only had two seizures. So it's not like he's having a lot of big seizures and falling down or, or anything like that. But they're so terrified of seizures. The word seizure scares them to their core. And so they're constantly vigilant on keeping him from having a seizure. And the way that they're able to do that is that his seizures are related to heat. And this is pretty common uh, that kids will have drops uh, during the, the hot, hot seasons, if, especially if they're outside too much. If they get overheated, uh, a kid can easily end up, uh, that, that's prone to a seizure, can easily end up triggered into a seizure. Um, it's kind of similar in, in a sense to the old teeny little child fever seizures, you know, when the fever would spike so fast it would cause a I'll use layman term, electric storm in the brain. And um, when you overheat too fast, a similar thing happens. Well, in this child, he is unable to take oils because he has a problem with oils. And we don't have to get into the science of it, but what I can tell you is that they can't help him with the fact that he doesn't have proper myelination on the axons uh, via oils. So there's lots of different things that are being done, and the, the list is as lengthy as you know your toilet paper roll is if you drag it out around the house. So um, I'm not going to get into it, but I will tell you that the absence of oils uh, does take away from us one of the solutions to bringing down inflammation and helping to myelinate and really, you know, making this boy's life easier. So he lives in the evenings and sleeps in the day in the cool of the house and he, you know, he goes in the ocean in the cold and he stays out in the summer and it's like a wonderful changing up that's happened in that home to address the seizure disorder. Um, and it's a very creative situation. So oils have mattered very much to this child. Oils um, in another child that I work with were the solution. So, uh, you know, I met I met this little girl, and she was nine years old, and she was extremely, extremely challenged with um, with seizures. And so we used neurofeedback. I can't fully say that oils did the whole story. They didn't. But right away, I saw she had these dry, cracked, bleeding lips, and her hands and her skin looked like they were absent of oils, and she was having a lot of seizures, and I checked her diet, and I gave her neurofeedback, and I taught the family how to sort of help the body become aware and, and change the story, the messages to the brain before the seizure, which helps avert some seizures. You know, it can do stuff like scratching on the, on the body and uh, squeezing and different things that will send different messages and change up the way the brain is firing. But mostly, we looked at oils. And so we, in her case, ended up using a lot of flaxseed oil uh, for a variety of reasons. And uh, she took uh, 600. Um, I'm not going to actually, let's not do numbers because I can't remember exactly. I'd have to go get my file. But she took a lot of oil three times a day and immediately stopped having seizures. That's not going to happen all the time. That's not, you know, if you have a child with a seizure disorder, don't think, Eureka, I just found the answer. But don't ignore it. It is possible that it's uh, playing a part in this. So here's this child who's having, you know, two, three, four seizures a day, going from lots of seizures to no seizures on oils and neural feedback. 
So oils, oils, oils matter, matter, matter. Um, and finally, the, the story that might actually get into your heart and, and make you care in a very personal way. Oils made me prettier. No, I'm serious. <laughs> and I don't like fish oil because it repeats and I, you know, I don't like the taste. I don't like the smell of my son's breath. So I was searching, searching, searching. And when I started using krill oil, um, immediately my skin got more supple. And I realized it was, my son is actually nodding at me and, and raising his eyebrows in, in, in his way of saying, yes, you look more pretty. <laughs> it's really cute. Um, anyway, so my, my skin uh, improved. And so ladies, moms, if for no other reason than we might have to be parents for the rest of our lives, um, like hands-on parents for the rest of our lives, you might want to keep the the joints moving because my my knee pain went away, uh, my ankle pain went away. It made an enormous difference for me. I um, I was bit by a mosquito years ago and I got chikungunya and ended up sort of paralyzed and had to use a variety of things and I used turmeric for um, for anti-inflammatories, but the oils were a big player in getting me moving again and getting my skin supple again, and um, I don't know, maybe they helped with my hair. It seems shinier, but, you know, I might be just stretching it. All I can tell you is if you if you care about oils, if you research them, I don't know which one you'll end up on, but please, you know, give it its due. Um, that's it. That's today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I figured a little bit of science was uh, due for you all. Uh, I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad. And thank you for being here, because without you, I would just be talking to myself. This is a new spin on autism. Answers. Today's answer, oil. Today's question, um, why was my son, you know, cracking and bleeding at the lips, anxious and unable to keep his heart at a decent pace? He needed some oil. Thank you for joining the show today. Lynette is the author of the refreshingly honest and at times hilarious new book, Miracles Are Made, A Real-Life Guide to Autism. You can purchase this and other materials by looking on the webtalkradio.net website and clicking on the covers. You can also click through to her Facebook page and check out any show you may have missed by looking in the archives. We'll see you soon for another edition of A New Spin on Autism. Answers. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. I can't hear you.